We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is Bruce Pearl. Sean Shire. Sean Miller. I love the field of 16. I listen to you guys every morning. Are we still live? UConn wasn't on my radar. From the bluest of the blue bloods to the smallest of the mid-majors, the only way to keep up college basketball is through the field of 68. All right, welcome in another episode of the Goodman and Hummel podcast. We've uh, given Robbie a couple weeks uh, to, uh, I don't know, just kind of gear up. Gear to up. recover from the BS that was... The Coach K interview. (laughs) I may never forgive you guys for that. I may never. And you know what? For those those that uh, didn't listen to the audio pod we did that day, to recap, uh, we were in Chicago, uh, National College Hall of Fame induction. Um, We were sitting down with Coach K. We told Rob, well, Doster told Robbie uh, to be there for uh, 1030. I want to read the text. I want to read the text. text. Yeah, yeah. I've got to find them because Rob out there on the table. All the facts. Because Rob inundates me with BS texts all the time. I think it was sent to me and you, if if I'm correct. All right. right, So basically, again, setting the stage while you're trying to find it now, we're set to do an interview with Coach K, big interview that I had called you and I said, you know what? It'd be good for you to come down and be a part of this. Yeah, yeah. Which it, I agree. And I, honestly, I did have a, a good time interviewing everyone else there, uh, but I I did not get to interview Coach K. I did get to talk to him afterwards, which was cool. But all right, from Jeff. Hey, Hummel, you still good for the K interview tomorrow morning? 167 North Green Street. Then Rob chimed in with some stupid text about how there's a basketball court on the roof and Goodman challenges me to a dunk contest. I said, yes, what time are you guys getting there? Also, what are you wearing? Doster goes, I'm suiting up, which sounds so lame, him saying that. And we'll be there around 1030, 1045 Central. We will get him at 1130. Yeah. I said, okay, do we have a plan for the, the interview? Yeah, we have a couple layups since we know you can't dunk. Another asshole comment from Rob. We'll go over it before. And then, let's see. I receive a text from, I believe it was, oh yeah. So the next day, Jeff Goodman, hey Rob, they told us 11. No, I was told 11.30, but now they're saying we have to do this at 10.30. Sent at 10.29 a.m. One minute, (laughs) one minute I had it advanced. I was literally just pulling out of my driveway. 
Then you go, not sure if you were here or not. Well, no, why would I be? I was told to be there at 1045, but we got to roll as soon as he gets in. I wanted to kill you. Yeah, <laughs> and Rob, I, too. I did feel bad. I mean, I did. I, I really didn't feel bad. Yeah. Okay. The, the best part was, literally, you're sitting out outside the room that we filmed it in watching well, yeah i wasn't gonna burst in and like be like i'm here let me <laughs> let me get these sorry coach you know congrats on the hall but i'm here he's all suited up ready to go and he misses the cake now we did we did some good ones that night but yes we feel bad but again generally speaking i mean just know if i leave the field of no that's fine there might have been a missed email here or there that was that's the smoking gun was there an email that said, hey, it's not 1130 or 11? You guys clearly are morons. He said 1130. It wasn't on me. It was not on me. So it, the thing is, no one knew. And the question has to be, was there an email that was missed by someone? And that is where. I think Oster said was it was him. I think he did take responsibility. That's funny. He never said that to me. He never said that to but me. We, we rolled in at 10. Seriously, we rolled in at like 10, 16. And and the woman, I said, I'm like, you know, we're here for. She said, all right, yeah, we're, we'll bring the rooms down here. We'll bring Kay in in a few minutes, Coach in in a few minutes. I said, a few minutes, we got an hour. And then poor Trevor, our producer, Trevor was the real MVP. started dripping. No, no, but he was drip. He was so nervous, it was like a a pool. What would have happened if he had not been able to get it ready and Kay walked in? He would have been fired. Like, I mean, he would have been fired. What Trevor would have been over. Over no, this is Over. on this is on the two dumbass <laughs> executives at this company, you and Doster, two imbeciles. They would be on you guys, not on Trevor. Trevor did a great job in all accounts of that day. All right, can can we get to? Can are we allowed to talk about the big news of the week or no? Yeah, we can. We're allowed to. We're allowed to talk We're the huge to, yeah. news of the week that was somehow. How did I not break this news? I mean, well, come on, we because, do a podcast here, together. You're not a good journalist. <laughs> that's that's how. I saw it in our interview with Josh that we will get. I don't know if this is going to go before or after. So if you've, when, when is the interview before. going? This will go before. Don't. All right, so you'll you'll hear Jeff ask the worst question on the most important question. But yeah, you're just not a good journalist. So that's why you didn't break this. That's why. I actually kept it quiet for how long? Well, you did. Uh, I mean, this has been known for a pretty good amount of time now, probably a two months or three months now. So the, so. the big news is Rob is leaving uh, ESPN mm -hmm. um, and, and going now he's, he's working for uh, NBC, Fox, Big Ten Network, Peacock, right? All of it. Yeah. So, I mean, NBC is, is Peacock essentially, yep. Um, yep. you know, and I, it's, it's a really good opportunity, um, especially in terms of, even though it was great working at ESPN for the the six years that I was there, um, I, I just had a feeling that with the Big Ten leaving, that there would be opportunities elsewhere. And that's not to say that there wasn't an opportunity to go back to ESPN, but when you you can go to Fox and NBC, and the NBC games are going to be on Peacock, which I think is a great opportunity as well to you know start building something there. It just made sense with where the Big Ten went. And I, I played the Big Ten. I've covered the Big Ten almost exclusively now for two or three seasons. 
you know, I'll miss the Big 12 like crazy. And I'll miss getting the random SEC game. I did Tennessee Auburn last year. I got to do Tulsa. Hey, the random Tulsa game. (laughs) The the Tulsa Guinness Book of World Records game where they had the biggest pizza party ever. I'll you know, I'll 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 miss that stuff. It was it was a great experience for me. Um, but I I think with what the games that Peacock is gonna have are gonna be really good. And the games that Fox has are really good. And staying with Big Ten Network, it it's been a great partner of mine, I guess, for now six years. And with their partnership with Fox, that that's pretty seamless. You, know, you can go back from Fox, FS1, BTN, and do so under pretty much the same umbrella. Um, so Big Ten Network has been great to me. I'm really excited about Fox, and I'm, I'm really really excited about Peacock as well. It should be, it should be a great thing. And uh, you know, I'm looking forward to working with great people. I think I'll be with Noah Eagle uh, a lot on Peacock. Awesome. I think I'll get to be back with Jason Benetti some on Fox. And then, you know, Brandon God and Kevin Kugler, Corey Provis. Um, you know, those guys do a great job as well as play-by-play guys. So I, I'm I'm looking forward to it and looking forward to seeing some some really high-level Big Ten games and hopefully some Big East too. You know, the Big East is that's awesome. a league right there. You know, I, I think of the Big East as what it was when I was in college and watching the Big East tournament with with guys like Deshaun Butler and those West Virginia teams and UConn and Nova and it's getting back to that. You know, it really is. So I, I'm hoping to get some Big East as well, but it, it, it's a great opportunity for me. And it, it's weird. That's the first time I've ever had news, like, leak. <laughs> about, all, at least, I guess. about it, too. You're texting me. You're like, no, I, I want to know who leaked it. I want to know. That's that's the that's always the question. I don't think it came from someone from, from my side. So was it, you know, ESPN? Was it, was it out there enough. Who knows? It, it really, you know, it, I don't think you had to dig all that hard. But it's not like someone called me and said, hey, is this true? You know, it was just reported. So I I don't know. Well, congrats. Uh, it's been very cool uh, to see. It's so funny because I remember years ago when I was at ESPN, uh, going into the guy who hired me, Mark Gross, who had since left like the college basketball in. But I remember we we're talking about uh, people to, to kind of bolster the college basketball um group there and i mentioned you because i remember you we probably just got off the phone and you were like i hate it here overseas like i, I live in moscow York. and i hate my life right you were miserable <laughs> and i was like he's not lasting much longer he's the no, perfect guy to get in because you I still know. follow you weren't you were far enough removed from it but you weren't too far removed from it well yeah and i was a psychopath and i'd stay up till 4 a.m in moscow Correct. to watch the games right <laughs> so right. i was actually still fairly plugged in even though more than moscow most. was seven or eight hours ahead of the east coast so i i, I still had a, a pretty good feel for it and i just look back at that time and i'm like wow i i had a two-year deal to go to jerusalem i was like no chance and, and it was good money it was good yeah, money it was good money and jerusalem right. is a good place to live and play and every american that goes to israel is like man this might be the best place i've played um it's, it's an easy place from the fact that they speak english the food is good the weather is warm you were done um, i was i was so broken from, from playing in russia and it man that seems like a lifetime ago at this point but um yeah it was my only was other right question season. is um what what percentage do i get off this deal Oh my God! I think I you get back. something here. I think that even though okay, you you maybe made the recommendation, this podcast has held me back in, in the <laughs> biggest way. I would, you know, they said about Dean Smith how there's that that narrative out there that he was the one guy that could hold MJ back in college, and I I kind of feel like you might be that for me. 
All right. Well, this, this could be the last year of the pod. If I'm reading the tea leaves correctly, this this well, might be this could be the, this could be the last episode. I, I'm not under contract. All right, you know. well, we're gonna go out with a bang, then. We're gonna go out with a bang. All right. Uh, I asked you to do a little homework of uh, our top three storylines heading into the year, and also the three games that if I said to you, these are the three ga- only three games you get to go to all year. These are your three. So let's start with the, the our hold we, on. There's one other topic you asked me to 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 broach. You don't recall? No. The big rule. We'll talk about it first the big rule change. All right. The well, fact only that, one of them. Only one the, of them. The fact that the NCAA has taken the massive leap and said, you know what? If you want to wear number six, wear number six. Yeah. If you want to wear number sixty-six, wear sixty-six. What a what a massive rule change and what a development for our sport that what you can wear would you, to ninety nine. What number would you go with? Like real realistically, what I number? mean, I I would have been the guy that was like, I wore four in high school. I will wear four. You're so the, boring. You are so no, the the number meant boring. something to me. And you know why I picked four? Because I never. I was always fairly tall, even though I grew from five eight to six five from eighth grade to freshman year of high school. So I was always, even as like a 5'8", 8th grader, I was one of the taller kids. So I'd wear like 32 or 44. So when I made the varsity as a sophomore, I was like, I want to be a low number. I'll wear four, even though the jersey was like a small. And I was 6'6", but I also weighed 160 pounds. So I could easily fit into the jersey. Um, and then I, you know, I played well in it and it meant something to me. That's a, that's a very sentimental answer. What did you want me to say? You know, sixty nine. <laughs> like what? What double answer zero. would have been? Like I figured, like double zero for you. No, double zero is not not a good number. I don't like the double <laughs> zero is fine, but double zero is lame. Double zero. I never. I would never want to be a number in like the eighties or nineties. Can you do or... zero now? Can you do double zero? Do you know? Is that allowed? That's a good question. I'm not sure. Or is I don't it just know. One to ninety nine. It might be zero. You can be zero. Yeah. It might be zero to 99. I don't know if you can be double zero, though. This is the big rule change. Big rule change. Huge. I just can't wait until it's like number 19, whoever subs in, and, man, it will change the way we watch and, everything, and everything. consume. Right. Let's get on to something that's actually meaningful. <laughs> um, our top three storylines. I'll let you start. We have no idea. We might, honestly. I, I don't I, think we will. I don't think we will. Really? I, I wouldn't. Well, maybe we will. My okay. my number one is that this is the last year of normalcy before real realignment takes effect. And, and honestly, the last year of the Pac-12, which it, to me is a, a you, huge You got story me already. Right. Like, I'm ready to go to take a nap after hearing How is that not? Even that that is the biggest story in college sports. Because when Pac-12 like, is going away. Because when the season starts, I don't really care about that. I, I, I think you. it will it will hang over the Pac-12 all season long. And you're lying if you say it's not. It will just because everybody will say it at the beginning of every game. But like, like okay, I, so a storyline that's mentioned every game is not important. I'm not saying it's not important. I'm just saying like it's gonna like that. That doesn't do anything for me. Whether the Pac-12 gets six teams or one team this year, like it's about this year for the Pac-12. Yes, it's the final year. That's obviously I'm sad as an Arizona guy of that, but I'm not going to be talking about it over and over and over. Oh man, the Pac-12 stinks. It's the last. Year. No, it's just the Pac-12 stinks, or it's really good. Like that's I think what I, be pretty, I think it's going to be pretty good. 
I think that it'll it'll too. be one of the better leagues the Pac-12 is or the better seasons the Pac-12 has had, and the fact that it's just now going away to me is a storyline. Right, I'm going to give you a better storyline than that. All right, I'm going to give I'm going to give you the storyline of uh, the guy who has now won one NCAA tournament game in the last three NCAA tournaments. Um, do you know who that is? I mean, there's a bunch of those guys, but but one that's paid a lot of money. Uh, no, it's not Matt Painter. Don't worry. No, it's uh, John Calipari. Yes, yes, it is John Calipari. And and again, um, they 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 did win one last year. They beat Providence, uh, but you know, two years ago they lose to St. Peter's. Um, three years ago they don't get in the NCAA tournament, uh, and then obviously there wasn't. So a- what's the storyline? Is he on the hot seat? The storyline is all season. We we always focus on Cal, but this season, yeah. I mean, last season. He kind of flipped it midseason, and at least they felt pretty good the second half of the year about what Kentucky did. But again, you didn't get out of the first weekend of the NCAA tournament. You're paid ten million dollars a year. Is is well, this storyline that huge. much better than mine? Yes. I don't. I mean, you made that it sound better. like it was like this 100%. astronomical thing. Mine's so oh, much I better. I don't think it is. I don't think it is. First of all, nobody. You know, you're going to be in bed by the time most of those Pac-12 games even even. Some of us work during the winter. I don't know what you do, but. All right, next up, next up. All right, number two, the Big East is back to being the Big East. When when you've got UConn coming off a national championship year and going to reload, you've got Marquette who won the Big East regular season and the conference tournament. And then you just look at all the other storylines that they've got going on. Patino back at St. John in New York City. Um, You know, you look at the Cooley Georgetown Providence deal you've got nova in year two reloading with the transfer portal and then creighton you know the job that that greg mcdermott has done reloading that group there there's just that conference is loaded and i think that it going it, the fact that it's back to being a basketball powerhouse like it was when i was in college there's not as many teams and that was always kind of the allure to me as a big 10 player watching the big east back then that it's like wow they have 16 teams and like 14 of them are awesome. <laughs> that that was a gauntlet in itself, but it's going to be a heck of a season to watch the Big East, and I think that that's, that's an awesome storyline to follow throughout the year. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. You know, Patino, St. John's is one that, that to me, everybody's going to be watching this year. Um, FAU for me. FAU, that's good. Yeah, that's good. Final Four, right back. bringing everybody back. Um, obviously, Davis and Martin being their two key players. Um, now it's going to be a little bit different with the the target on their back. Plus, their schedule is is pretty insane, isn't it? Didn't didn't they awesome. go out and schedule? Oh. Yeah, that's Jimmy cool. B, Illinois. They got Arizona in Vegas. How, how did they? How did he do that on such a short turnaround? Well, Jimmy B always. I feel like ESPN. You know, has is has, that not picked three years in? A, I thought a uh, lot of those. No, were, so no they, Jimmy they B's like the year in. off. Yeah. Okay. So they can flex because that's interesting. I was looking at their schedule and I'm like, dang, they're playing a lot of good people. But the Arizona game the- was late. The Arizona game, they had to move another game to be able to to get the Arizona game in there in Vegas. So that's well, good for them because I, I think the fact that their their team is going to be really good and the fact that they're playing good people, kudos to them. That that will be fun to watch. All right. What else you got? I think number three's got to be the national player of the year's back. You know, Zach Eady runs it back, and it's something that we just don't normally get to see at the college level, especially when you've got a guy that has 27 double-doubles and averages 22, 13, and 2, and 
sweeps all six awards for National Player of the Year. He's the first player in NCAA history with 750 points, 450 rebounds, 70 blocks, 50 assists. And he had eight games of 30 and 10. I mean, the fact that we're getting guys like that to come back and he can have a chance to repeat as the two-time National Player of the Year. Now, it's going to be hard, I think, because in awards like that, there is some voter fatigue. And I also look at Zach and I'm thinking to myself, well, how how do you improve on that season? <laughs> like you you have done so much in over the course of a year. Now he's played with the Canadian national team all summer in the World Cup, which I mean, getting to be around that every day, that's a heck of a way to improve and see how pros operate. But you know, the people that say he's just good because he's big are ignorant to basketball. He is a beast. The way he moves, his skill set, he'll play in the NBA. He would have gotten drafted last year. But the fact that he came back, it, it has Purdue as one of the top three or four teams in the country, and it's a huge story to me that he's back in college basketball. All right, my last one, the North Carolina Tar Heels. Yeah. Intriguing. Just super intriguing after the, the roller coaster last year. A combo year. of old and new for North Carolina. Yeah. Yeah, it's like Baycott fifth year. R.J. Davis back, no Caleb Love. How does that change maybe the complexion of the team? They bring in a bunch of, of transfers, Cormac Ryan, Harrison. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ingram, Paxson Wojcik, Jalen Withers, all these guys. Is the chemistry better? And Hubert, yeah, he's got some pressure. Because I'll yeah. tell you what, you go two straight years at North Carolina and you don't get in the NCAA tournament, I don't care how good a guy you are, and Hubert is as good a guy as it gets, that's hard to to, to well, and when the expectation last year is that you're the you know you're a team that made the final four yes. and you're bringing everybody back that that adds another level to that as well but that's that's a good one that's a good one too that'll be yeah fast. they're all i mean they're, those are all those are six of the top 25 even <laughs> even your first one even except your, for the first one which apparently sucked so bad snooze. it was a snooze whatever but anyway all right uh same thing for our our three games all right, each of our three games, and they can be like personal, whatever reason you have. Yep. I said, like, pick the three that you've got to be at this year. Okay, there's one that I want to say, but I'm going to let you say it. Okay. Um, you want me to start I'll, with it? Yeah, you start with it then. You start with I it. I mean, it's the one that I've changed. Like, literally, I'll build my. I'll come out of vacation. <laughs> I will come out of my, yes. my <laughs> hibernation. Yes vacation in charleston is what you're about to say yes. to come back and brave the snowy northeast right. to come to this game so go ahead driving back we're ending our stay in charleston on oh january 24th the first world problems of this guy are just unbelievable <laughs> hey if i was ever a golfer 
I'd beat your ass because, like, I'd have Charleston all winter. Jeff, I would beat you in every sport we could ever play. You talk pickleball, about softball, I, I asked pickleball, you, golf. I don't care. I, you're I just asked not your dad what level you are in pickleball. Yeah, and he said either he a strong three-five, said strong three-five, or a weak four-zero. Yeah, I mean, I I gotta feel. I don't know, but I gotta feel like after I probably played about a dozen times now. Uh, I gotta feel like I'm probably a three-five-ish right now. So with a little work on my serve, which needs some help. Definitely. You got to hit it deep. You got to hit it deep. The weakness in my game. Somebody called me out for an illegal serve the other day. Yeah, not surprising. All right. Anyway, Ed Cooley going back to Providence on January 27th, Saturday night. Those fans are going to be so shit-faced, those students. (laughs) I'm scared. I mean, I was there for the Chris Beard return. And remember, there were like five. It was the the just like the most venom. I've ever seen at a game. I think it'll be worse than the Chris Beard return. And I thought uh, that was pretty. Venomous. The only reason I say it won't is because Providence, their whole school is like 4,000 people. So it's not, I mean, Texas tech is a massive, massive. school. Yeah. They have, they have, they're, they're, yeah, but I just, I feel 000. like it, it got so nasty. And of course you were right in the center of all of it from the school to barstool to, all that stuff. I'm, I'm a little worried. I think I'm going to wear. You remember when Bobby Valentine, uh, the, the Mets went, manager, went back in? Yeah, and he had the mustache and the 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 full getup. Yeah, uh, he had the, the disguise. I might I might show up in a little bit of a disguise. I'm a little bit scared of of how those Providence fans might receive me. But Dude, yeah, if I walk yeah. out behind Cooley, I should be fine. Like I walked out behind Beard at Texas Tech, and uh, they didn't even know I was there. So I just got to kind of. Oh, that's a good point. They're they they focus their hatred on the person that they hate Correct. the most. Okay. Correct. Well, that's so, that's number one for me. Yep. Um, I was just looking at the schedule. That's I would have said that one, but I knew that you, that you would probably take it, and you have a better reason to say it. I, I'm going to go Kansas at Indiana. I, I've been to big yep. non-conference games at IU as a recruit. I've done games in Indiana as an announcer, and I just know that place is going to be off the chain for when the Kansas Jayhawks go into Bloomington. I, I visited I'll, I'll for the Duke. Yeah, yeah, I visited for the Duke game in two thousand and two thousand five, and they came in there with JJ Redick and Sheldon Williams and Josh McRoberts, and the atmosphere was incredible. And I think it will be like that. I, I really do. It, it will be insane. That was one of mine. I will. I'll pick another one. Uh, I have two other options. Uh, I'm going to go. There, there aren't really a lot of good games the first week, and that's putting it mildly. Uh, the yeah. first week sucks because Champions Classic is now the second Tuesday. I feel like I I might be doing one of the better. I got so my schedule. I think I might be doing one of the more intriguing games. Well, there's one. Of the first week. There's one that stands out, and that's the game I'm going to pick. because It's not going to be that, but I go ahead. It's, it's Arizona at Duke. And yeah. the last time and the only time Arizona ever played a Cameron – was was uh 1990 when christian leitner was hit duke so yep. um i'm gonna i'm gonna go to this because it, again frankly it's the only heavy heavyweight bout of yep. that first week no that's that's good um this is kind of just looking ahead to conference favorites and i'm yep. gonna lump two different games or series is in here i should say i'm, I'm looking forward to marquette uconn because of what happened last year with uconn going to the national championship or winning the national championship and marquette winning the league in both ways. Your boy Cats had that. By the way, your boy Cats had that as like the number six rivalry in college basketball, Marquette UConn. 
I'm like, I, I don't understand that. That's not really a rivalry, but okay. Well, it is. It we'll, is for this season. We'll make it a rivalry. <laughs> this this yes. season's rivalry. We'll make it a rivalry. Uh, and I, I think Purdue Michigan State is really intriguing too, because those two teams bring back so many, and you've got two great atmospheres. So that's that's two games for that slot. But yeah, and then I've I've got a good one for number one. Uh, UConn of Kansas for me on December 1st, the defending national champs. And my take on this is I picked like the Cooley game and then the two best spots to see a game. No, and Fog Allen to me is the the best. Fog Allen is the best place. That's what I did here. I mean, Danny Hurley at Fog Allen is going to be a frigging show. Well, I'm sure, yes, focus on the officials there. It'll just be fun. Like it'll just the environment will be un. I mean, it is unbelievable anyway. But that'll be a great one on 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 December first. Yeah, and then this is kind of cheating, but I just want to give it a shout out because of what they went through the Mile Invitational. Yeah, you know, for everything that they've been through, and then the games they're going to have, where you've got Tennessee, Syracuse, you've got Gonzaga, Purdue, you've got Kansas, Chaminade, and UCLA, Marquette. So you've got what? That's a top fifteen team, a top ten team. The number one team in the country to start the year and two top five teams. That, that is a loaded field. And I'm glad that the games are staying on the island because that place, it deserves. I know it's off Maui, but the fact that they're in Hawaii, um, just they, they need all the help they can get right now. And I'm glad they're getting it, there. Rob. They're getting they it from some yep. of these teams that are playing uh, exhibitions. The latest. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I'll be there Texas for one of them. I, I, Kansas, Kansas, Illinois. That's, that's for Maui. So Texas tech uh, playing Texas A&M in one. Yep. Uh, Michigan state's playing one. Yeah, uh, I don't think who they're playing, uh, but I think they are. I think, I think they, they are too. So yeah. All the big boys should play one because you're getting an extra free exhibition yeah. anyway. It's against it. a, a high level opponent. There's some really good exhibition games this year. And I, and this is, it's better for the sport. You know, they're going to, some of them are going to be televised and, yeah, to get to have those types of games, giving money, you know, helping out, no helping doubt, out that area. So. No doubt. All right. Well, listen. Uh, we had one more thing, everybody. We had one more thing. What do we got? Your transfer list that you. Oh yeah, publishing. quickly, quickly. Who well, did I forget? I did a top twenty-five transfer list. Twenty-five uh, is hard because there's so many transfers. But I, you mentioned Harrison Ingram. I was kind of surprised he wasn't on the list because of how talented fair, he is. Fair. Arthur Kaluma. A little surprised that you left him off the list. I picked, but I picked one guy. I didn't want to put two it, guys from each team. And I, picked State. Pair. I think Jamison Battle could be a guy that even though he struggled last year with the talent around him, if you look at what he did two years ago when Minnesota had more guard talent and Ohio State is going to have, I think, a pretty good team. I do too. I think Jamison Battle could go back to being a real problem, especially at the four. You play him at the four instead of the three. I think he could have a nice year. And I also thought Matthew Cleveland, just because of how talented he is going to Miami, that could really unlock him. So I, there's others too. I'm with you on all those guys. All those guys were under consideration. It is really hard to to, 25 is a hard number to pare it down to because there's a million. I could have done 50 would have been a lot easier to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, but. I wanted to but also it. ranking them is hard because fit is so important and you know how just everything comes together. Sometimes you think it's a lot, sometimes it doesn't doesn't Hunter work Dickinson out. Dickinson and Max Aismas one and two. In yeah, my that's fair. And Nemhard and Nemhard probably in that top three too. Yeah, like hard because they're going to impact high level programs too for sure. And that's they'll true. be in you're you're in a position to succeed because of the people around you, the people coaching you, and how how good you are as well. 
These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. It's amazing how easy it is to create a free job post on LinkedIn Jobs. Then add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to... Oops, let me redo that one. That's a long sentence. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash good. That's linkedin.com slash G-O-O-D to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, now please to welcome in the new head coach of West Virginia, Josh Eilert. Josh, how you doing? Welcome to the uh, the Goodman and Hummel pod. Um, I, I know, as we said, when you agreed to this, you were not aware that Hummel was actually going to be here because usually he's golfing. So right? uh, this is a rare occasion. And when I told him you were coming on, I think he cleared his schedule for this. Is that right? Uh, how's the golf game going? It's pretty good. You know, I'm down to like a four handicap. When you got on the Zoom, you we heard Jeff regaling us of stories of his softball prowess last yeah, night. I, I don't think it. either of us believed what he was uh, saying. Two uh, home runs in a game. This dude's not hit two home runs in his life. So I bombs, not just home runs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, bombs. bombs. Phil bombs. Mickelson bombs. That's what he right. said. Yeah, designated okay. home run hitter. I don't know if you got that rule in your softball league, but they got to pick somebody around here to be the designated guy. Is that you? No, we don't have that. We got we got a a limit of seven a game, and we went through our limit going into the ninth, and we had our best player up, and he couldn't he couldn't hit a homer. Actually, that was the eighth. Tried not to hit a homer, and the thing just tailed off and 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 soared over uh, over the the net. Jeff is the David Ortiz of his softball team. It sounds like I <laughs> yeah. believe that. I'm a, I'm a little older. I don't I don't lie about my age though. So all right, let, let's let's get on to it. All right, Josh. Listen, congrats. First of all, um, really cool story that we're going to tell a, a little bit later about kind of your background and everything like that. But the the first thing I wanted to go back to was the day when Ren Baker told you you were going to be the interim head coach this year and, and replace a legend in Bob Huggins. It had been a kind of a, obviously a you know, turbulent off season. Then uh, Hugs resigns. They, they look, you know, Ren Baker goes through a little bit of a search and you don't know if you're going to get it or not. And then he comes in and tells you, you're going to be the guy for this year. Take me back to what that meeting was like in your emotions. You know, it was it was a long week. It really was. If I look back at it, and you know, my wife and I look at pictures of myself at the press conference. Shit, I lost I lost twelve pounds that week. I mean, I'm, it was stress everywhere. I'm trying to hold the ship together when uh, it was certainly you said turbulent times. It was certainly turbulent times. And and I tell you what, I mean, I've put my heart into this program for for you know the day we walked on campus. You know, Coach Huggins and I, and uh, Coach Eric Martin came from Kansas State in 2007. So. Um, I had a lot invested here. And so so that week was hard trying to figure out, you know, what we do with the guys that we had and how we keep them and, and keep that foundation as as uh, solid as, as we could in the process. But 
going back to the, uh, you know, what you said with Ren when he finally, you know, gave me the nod. I mean, it was, it was emotional. It really was, you know, everybody gets their chance in different ways. It's certainly by any means, uh, not the way I wanted to get my chance, but you know, heck, you know, you take it and, and hopefully you're prepared for it and ready to take on that challenge. And I think I am. Josh, you, you mentioned just how much was going on in that week-long period. And then on top of that, you have been a part of the West Virginia program for such a long time. You've known Bob Huggins seemingly forever. So I guess the first part of my question will be, how is Coach Huggins doing? And will he have any involvement with the program going forward? He's doing good. He's doing good. I think he's taken some time to to reflect and and you know this this everybody knows how this business and this career path can really uh you know you get you get so invested in it and, and day in and day out it's such a grind over the years and that's that was his lifestyle and and certainly I hope he can look back and and I know it didn't end the way anybody wanted to for it to end for him and I mean the story wasn't exactly the storybook ending uh, but he had a hell of a career absolutely a hell of a career and, and somebody I've admired and, and the people of West Virginia admired over the years. And, and so I hope he's just getting that piece. I mean, he just turned 70 the other day. Hopefully he gets that uh, piece and, and, and he finds out, you know, there's other things in life he can go enjoy and, and, and still be involved. And hopefully, you know, time heals all wounds. So, you know, there, there was certainly some turbulent times with him and the university here, but I think in the, in the, coming years i think we're gonna you know be able to mend those fences and, and honor him the way he needs to be honored here has he been around josh yet i mean i know practice just started but do you anticipate you know a lot of those guys who go out and, and have their guy take over you know calhoun with kevin ollie was around a, a good amount roy williams is at games you see him at all the carolina games you know i was down at duke coach k was at practice not at a ton of games do you even know, have you talked to Hugs yet about kind of how you guys are going to handle this year? No, I've, he's kind of, I mean, we got a lot of influence, you know, I was with him for so long and then I, I hired three guys that played under him or actually four guys that played under him three here at West Virginia. So we, we've operated in a lot of ways and in, in the way, you know, he was defensively and we're trying to, you know, force that mindset on, on those new guys. But, um, no, he's given he's given me my space. Uh, he hasn't he hasn't gotten involved, and and I think we all know that if it's going to work, uh, they got a hundred percent buy buy in with what I want out of them and what our staff wants. So he's been very respectful in that regard, and not tried to you know come in and and uh, disrupt anything we got going as we as we build the new era. All right, so here's my big question to you. Ready? The, who is Josh Aller? You know, I mean, your your career path is a lot different to get a head coaching gig or, or the opportunity to get a head coaching gig than a lot of other guys, right? I mean, um, you've grinded it out. I mean, you you have legitimately grinded it out here. Uh, video, uh, GA, video, ops, now head coach. Um, kind of, who are you? You know, I, I think a lot of people are going to think, oh, like, you know, it's got to be like hugs, right? He learned from hugs. Tell me a little bit about your coaching style, your personality. I mean, he's got a lot of influence on it because we, at a, a time period when I came back to be a GA and I transitioned from Jim Woolridge uh, working for him to, to Bob Huggins. I mean, he was in my mind, a hall of famer back then. So I immediately gravitated towards him and, and his personality is 
and he's just a he's a good old country boy just like myself you say who am i i'm from a small town of 1200 people in north central kansas you know we didn't have au ball um you know the the biggest concern for everybody is trying to fill fill out you know how we get the the crops out you know harvest and and when it comes late june trying to get the wheat out of the fields so i'm just a small town agricultural boy that loved basketball you know, you hear about the stories in the end, these kids just grew up loving the game, but really didn't have all that exposure. That was kind of me. You know, I just kind of did everything I could to to stay involved in the game. Played two years of junior college basketball, um, ended up walking on at Kansas State, getting two years of experience there. Stepped out of basketball for a year to try to figure out who I was in terms of, you know, following my finance background. and and, and uh, how'd, that, how'd that go? I mean, I was sitting behind a desk and I get I started getting itchy, you know, about two, two, two thirty when you know practice time rolls around and that, that last two or three hours of the day was dragging on. Yeah. So, you, know, you start getting that in your heart and you're like, hey man, I gotta get back to what I love. And, and that's what I did. I, I jumped on as a GA uh with, with coach Jim Woolridge and and he coached me there at K State. And I knew he was kind of at the end of his 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 helm there at K State, and I had to take a a leap of faith that, you know, on myself that I would, you know, maintain in this career and keep moving forward, whether he was there or not. And, and it worked out. And I got one year under him uh, or, or Coach Huggins at, at Kansas State. And then we, my wife and I, you know, newly married, we said, let's do it. Let's jump on with Coach Huggins and, and go to West Virginia and see where it goes. You talked about the former players and the, the young staff that you got. You know, Deshaun Butler, it's his first year as a college assistant coach and Jordan McKay was playing college basketball last year uh, West Virginia has shown that NIL is not an issue how has it been I guess recruiting with the interim tag or have you mostly focused on this year's team and what you got in front of you well I mean initially we were doing everything this summer to just figure out what our roster was we were probably behind the eight ball in so many regards and, and those guys got a lot of leverage my roster in particular got a lot of leverage to where they could immediately be eligible so that was a that was a challenge in itself uh now that what we got our roster done for this year um we started moving on and we're 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 we feel like we're behind uh but and you Back to your question, we don't look at it as we're, we're a short-term contract. We look at it like we're going to be here long-term, and we have that mindset that we're going to be here long-term. Uh, so we're recruiting in that regard. So we're bringing in kids, high-quality kids from a high school perspective that uh, may or may not sign with us, but we're continuing to build these relationships so we can move forward and, and um, build, that, build that recruiting base as we move forward. You know, obviously, you got a pretty good team here. I don't, I don't know how many people have you preseason top twenty-five. I think if you had kept like Trey Mitchell, a lot of us probably would have had you. And you know, we worry a little bit about depth right now. You know, you got yeah. Jesse Edwards, one of the best players out of the portal, double double guy. Syracuse, you got my boy Kerr uh, from Arizona, who is maybe the most entertaining dude in the entire country. Um, and, and, right? I mean, how much fun is he to be around? Let's see. He's got a gravitating poor personality. Yes. So, yes. So how, how good do you think you're going to be this year? And again, how much do you worry about that depth, which was something you, you really couldn't control? Because like you said, and I know you can't say this, but I can like, you know, if Ren Baker made the decision a week earlier, you might've kept Trey Mitchell. You might've kept some other guys. Uh, but I think your depth got hurt a little bit. And, and even again, losing Trey. 
uh, got hurt because of the fact that um, Ren did his homework, which I give him credit for, but the longer it took, the more, obviously, the roster got antsy. Yeah, I think the roster was antsy, whether in the portal or not. I mean, um, some of those guys probably would have left regardless. And I talked about this yesterday in my press conference when they asked me, I think we were bringing guys in and we were really loading up the roster and we would have had a really special roster in, in so many ways. But I would have had my questions as to whether some of these guys might leave anyway. Because really? you start looking at it, if they can graduate in the summer, they can leave and they're immediately eligible. So you start looking at that timeline and when they can graduate and, and you don't, you got to be careful who you bring in to upset the, you know, rock the boat and, and who you got in the building to begin with. So I had my questions as to whether Joe Toussaint, whether Trey Mitchell, uh, whether those guys would have actually stuck around anyway. Yep. Uh, but certainly it didn't help that it took, and it only took a week. I mean, he's had to do his due diligence. It felt and like forever, didn't it? It, it really did. And it felt like forever for me, I can tell you that. Uh, but, you know, Ren hadn't only been here a year, so he had a lot on his plate uh, throughout this whole process. And to his credit, he, we got to know each other really well that, that week. And he put a lot of pressure on me to, to, and a lot of responsibility to try to hold everything together during that week while we're going through that. But we didn't have a lot of time prior to that to really get to know each other. So he knew hugs. He, he knew Neil Brown. Uh, he was doing his due diligence, but, and he's a great guy in terms of relationships, but we hadn't had that chance to really get to know each other. So during that week, he was feeling me out and trying to figure out, whether I could handle the job in the process. I was definitely a candidate from day one. He told me how I would, I would get that opportunity to really sit down and, and interview just like anybody else. Um, but he was going to do his due diligence and I respect him for that. How will you be different from hugs? You know, he had some staples, whether it was the stool or the sweatsuit, which he became iconic for before coaches were ever doing that right now. It would be normal. Uh, will we see those things from you, or are those two things that uh, will will be his and his alone? Uh, that stool is retired. That stool is retired. <laughs> Come that's on, stool. you should just leave it out there. You should leave it so empty I, out there. I roll out there and sit in his stool. I mean, what kind of man am I? <laughs> <laughs> well, it just seems like a staple of, of West Virginia hoops because it's, it's been there for so long. What about schematically? You know, when you, you talk. First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations so you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology, real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. About the influence he's had on you, um, how, how much scheme will be similar and how much will be different from what he did? From a defense, de defensive perspective, we want to try to carry on some of those principles. Uh, but it has been a challenge. I mean, we only got three or four guys that carried over from last season. You know, we got we – got, four or five fifth-year guys. He's got a lot of experience, but Jesse Edwards set in his own in a two-three zone for four years. So, and we don't really have a lot of depth at the, at the five. So how involved we can get him in ball screen actions in terms of coverage, we got to be, you know, we got to think of those things. And, and the other five-year guys, I mean, they all had their different uh, strategies defensively, and we're trying to bring that all together. Our staff is all kind of on the same page there, but you know as well as I do, I mean, 
some of these guys, you know, we didn't build that chemistry late in the summer and that carryover from uh, experience perspective really isn't there. So it's, it's going to take some time to get us to where we want to be defensively, where everybody's reading off each other and we're, we're, you know, working as a unit. Now, offensively, you know, we've kind of started from scratch. And, and you know, Deshaun Butler, he's had that NBA influence. And, and from day one, when I brought him in, called him, he was all in. We sat down, we started looking at how we develop a, you know, more modern approach to the game and, and develop that spacing and, and have that NBA influence on, you know, and that, and that makes it a lot easier from us from a recruiting standpoint to sell that to kids. Like you're going to play in a better, more, you know, uh, NBA approach to the offense. We might give some, give up some areas like we did in the past for years. We were one of the best offensive rebounders uh, and, and some of our best offense was a missed shot, but our spacing wasn't all that uh, had a lot to be said for it. I know Deshaun well. He, Evan Turner, and I lived in a room in Serbia together for a month. So I I got to know him really well. We had three dressers, three beds, and that was it. No TV, no internet. So I, I know him Definitely well. got to know each other well. <laughs> yes. All right, speaking of guys we know well, I, I need your, since I'm here in Boston, I need your best Missoula story. Um, oh, I can't tell the best ones. <laughs> well, it's funny because everybody here, everybody here in Boston thinks that Joe doesn't have much of a personality because he's he in the press conferences he's so uh he doesn't let loose and and you and I have seen you've seen it a whole lot more than I have but I've seen him let loose so I tell everybody here I'm like trust me this dude has but I think part of it is and I wonder if you'll face any of this I don't think you will to the same degree but when you take over on an interim basis you don't want to make a mistake going up there to the media or anything. You want to make sure you say the right things. And I wonder if he was so cognizant of that, that he hasn't shown his full personality. Maybe he'll start to be a little bit more at ease and comfortable in year two. Well, Joe Missoula, from the time I walked on campus in 2007, that Joe Missoula and the Joe Missoula today, he's grown up a lot. I mean, the, the maturity in terms of the Joe Missoula you're seeing now and uh, the father that he is and the person he is uh, is remarkable. The transition that he's had growth-wise from an individual's perspective. So, you know, Joe Joe's always been passionate, man. He, he does everything with all kinds of passion. And to say he doesn't have personality, he's got all the personality in the world. And you just got to get to know him. And and he's one of the most interesting guys I have in my life. And I, you know, I talked about it yesterday in terms of they asked who do I lean on. I mean, they're my situation, there was no case study. Tell me a, a situation that was close to what I had to deal with. So I quickly got on the phone with uh, Joe Missoula, and, and his situation wasn't certainly like mine, but uh, the advice that he gives and the pr perspective that he gives, you know, on life and, and the opportunity that I was given, you know, it was it was huge. What did he huge. tell you? What was the biggest thing you took away from the conversation with him? You're playing with house money in terms of an opportunity. You know, uh, just just, you know, control what you can tr control and go out there and give it everything you got every day. And, and you, you know, this, these type of opportunities just don't get handed to anybody. And I don't like the way I got this opportunity, you know, but it, it is what it is. And now I got to carry the torch and figure out how I, 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 you know, follow a Hall of Famer, a Hall of Famer that was one of the most popular guys in the state of West Virginia. And um is no. he still josh josh how is huggins 
How do you feel he's portrayed now in 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 West Virginia? Is it still most people now kind of almost forgiving him uh, to some extent, or do you feel like it's a little bit splintered and he's still got to get some of the state and some of the the fan base back? A little bit of both. Yeah. I think every day we go on. I think the the more and more forgiving people are, and the more and more respect they have for uh, the macro. I mean, he had a tough two or three months, but that, that can't, that can't negate everything he's done in his career and all the great things he's done, raising money for cancer research. And, and he is a great human being. Um, so this, this two separate incidents that happened a, a month apart, you know, this summer can't, can't overwhelm all the things he's done in his career and all the great things uh, he was as, as a coach and a mentor and as, as a person. So um, certainly some of that got, uh, some shade thrown on it, but uh, I think time will, will, will heal all that. What you watch Rodney Terry uh, last year as an interim, go out there and get the job done. Right. And everybody, when they get the interim, they say the same things, right? Like I, I always hear the same line, right? It's like, well, I'm not worried about me. I'm just worried about the kids. Like you're always worried about kids. That's why you're doing this. But Mm -hmm. In in the short time we've known each other, I, I know you, you. There's not a lot of bullshit with you. You're probably going to say it the way it is. How much do you like? Do you think at all about that? Like, what do I need to do? What do we need to do so I can't keep this job? Because, like you said, this is you're playing with house money, but it's a once in a lifetime opportunity for a guy that a couple of years ago wasn't even on the road recruiting. Like this is this is something you probably never dreamed of, and now it's it's there for you. Yeah, and, and you, you compared me to Rodney Taylor um, to Texas and their situation. So you got to understand that happened midseason. Um, my situation happened in the summer, to where the roster got flipped over, and you had to you know had all the challenges to putting a new roster together. So in a lot of cases, uh, uh, you know, they had a situation where things were in place, the foundation was in place, nobody was leaving, and they were winning program already he just got to had to just keep it winning and he did an excellent job and and kudos to him i think my challenge was uh, uh to a higher degree in so many ways but you know saying the right things 100 percent. you know i go back to the time period where i have nine days left on my contract and i'm always i'm just worried about my family yeah first and foremost i'm worried about my wife and kids and where we're going to land but I knew I still had nine days on my contract, so I still had an obligation to those guys that I've helped recruit, uh, those guys that you know we had in our program that have been so good to us. So I just kept coming to work every day and trying to keep them level-headed, keep them in, in a good mental space because we just kept practicing during that week. I was like, guys, you might not be playing for West Virginia next year, but you're going to be playing for yourself and somebody else next year, one way or another. So – be a professional. And that was my big message. Be a professional, show up every day, go to work every day. It might not be here. You might not be representing West Virginia, but you're going to be representing yourself, your family and some other school somewhere else. I'm just curious, Josh, how, how were those practices? Did, did the, did the kids take to that? You know, we had, uh, yeah, yeah, we, we had three that week. And I remember giving the third one off because, you know, there was such, such, uh, so much going on, but, no, they, they, for, I give them credit. They kept on showing up and working. And I think that had to do with, 
the fact that our staff, you know, I said, you know, what do we have to lose? We just keep on uh, going about our jobs. You know, certainly we had all this anxiety about how it was all going to fall, but, uh, you know, as a, as a man and as a guy that was, you know, trusted in the lives of these kids, how are you just going to say, okay, we're not going to do anything this week. Just, you know, just wait for your next leader. And I didn't feel right with me. I didn't feel right with, you know, the rest of our coaching staff that was here in place. So we just kept working. Hey, by the way, Rob, he's already a pro. The question I asked two questions ago, he never answered. It was, it was a quality job of deflecting there. You know, the, the question was. Which one? What do you mean? The question was basically, you know, what do you, do you think about what you need to do to keep the job permanently? He never answered it. He yeah, I don't remember you, I don't remember you asking that, that, honestly. I did. Well, I was going to come back to that. I was going to come back to it. I just had to set the table. That Maybe it was a long-winded question that, you know, I was general. always told, don't don't ask double-barrel questions, right? Don't ever ask double, because then you're going to pick whatever part of it you want to answer. So that might be on me. I'll take responsibility for that. I need to get this team to the NCAA tournament. I really do. I think they're capable of getting to the NCAA tournament. I just got to figure out how we get them all to, you know, pull in the same direction. So I think in my mind, once we get to the NCAA tournament, we can turn the page. We can have loftier goals. Uh, but right now, this these guys, a lot of them haven't played in the Big 12. It is a gauntlet. Yeah. And my schedule wasn't built. Uh, you know, all that stuff's built, you know, a year, two years in advance. It wasn't built for a first-year head coach to try to figure this out. I mean, we're, I'm getting thrown into the fire, and I got a lot of new guys and a lot of new pieces that all came here within the last month in a lot of cases. Uh, so we're playing catch-up in so many ways, and we're trying to build that chemistry, and we're trying to build that trust. And uh, certainly I haven't called a timeout, and I got four assistants that have less than a year experience as being assistant coaches. They're so young. You've you have the youngest staff maybe ever assembled in division. I think it's one of the most beautiful things too. But we walk out on the floor and uh, you know we're excited every day. We're we're pumped. We we have a, a sense of urgency like nobody else across the country. We all knew we were buying into this process, and we've got ten months to figure it out. We're down to seven in terms of our contract. We got seven months to figure it out. We're young, we're eager, we're excited, and we're going to impose our will on our guys and hopefully carry it over to the to the floor. Who, who's the best player on the staff? I know it's not Jay, obviously. We know it's not Jay. So who, who's the best player on the staff right now? Today? If you had to go out there and throw one-on-ones uh, -on every day, in and out, uh, Jamar Johnson, he's, he's 43 years old. <laughs> he is hard to guard. You know, I've tried <laughs> A healthy Demar, man. A healthy Demar. Think yeah. about a healthy Demar in today's NBA. How good he'd be. Yeah, he's really good in the half court these days. And you can get him up. <laughs> but that's that's up because McCabe just got done playing, and I know how good Deshaun is. So you, you guys might have one of the better depth of staffs out there. I mean, that, that's a, that's no, a lot of good players. No, no doubt, no doubt. Anybody, anybody got to you know want to challenge us? We're we're excited. <laughs> so, all these guys are eager to still play. I mean, we we got Jordan McCabe at the point. We got uh, Alex Ruoff. Yeah, still holds the record for three point makes at West Virginia. Uh, we got Deshaun Butler, two thousand point scorer, and led us to the Final Four in two thousand ten. Yeah. 
have been a hell of a pro had he not faced all that adversity with the with he the he blew his knee out three times. Uh, twice I believe I could it was, be mistaken. Yeah, it, it was two or th- I mean, still the fact that he got back is is amazing. The fact that he played professional basketball is a credit to him. He he was really good, yeah. really good. Oh yeah, then you got Demar Johnson, that one of the most competitive guys I know. He'll go out there. And, you know, we had some pickleball tournament for the the athletic department and. Me and him matched up, and it's not—it's not a tall guy's sport. And it was a two-on-two, and we got destroyed, eleven to nothing. And and the next day, he's out there practicing. He's, it, it it bothered him. It bothered him a lot. He'll compete. Look out for next year's staff tournament. He's coming. <laughs> bowling or pickleball or hoops. He he's he needs that every day. And and then uh, I'm the worst player of them all, and I go out there. And- a lot of great screens. I just worry about that Achilles going, you know. <laughs> That's smart. That's a smart That's everyone's worry at our age for sure. Listen, getting back to how we started ripping on me for my softball team, I forgot to mention I got a mountaineer on my team. Uh so you gotta give a shout out to, to Riley uh West Virginia. I actually went to uh a UFC uh in Boston here with a bunch of these dudes. They're like 26 years old. Um a bunch of them he brought all his boys from West Virginia there too so there were like 22 of us i'm the only one over 26 years old and i look over if the thing starts at like 6 30 all right by 7 15 like 18 of these dudes didn't have their shirt on we're all in a suite and they're trying to get me to take my shirt off i'm like no no that, gosh that ain't happening that just ain't happening like i'm too old yeah. for this shit i don't need it any, That's any- on the internet. you can't get that back that's, that's- <laughs> You, you you guys are crazy out there in Morgantown. That's what this proves. You're crazy. You have a passionate fan base by by all accounts. Oh, it's awesome. It's awesome. No, I'd, I'd like to – I'll see if, if if Riley can get out there, get a couple of his boys. We'll we'll try to get out there for a game this year. Uh, but, listen, we appreciate you jumping on with us. Uh, congrats. Love the, the honesty and the transparency. Uh, not that I expected anything else for me. Bob Huggins uh protege. Uh, but but again, we appreciate it and uh we'll we'll be looking forward to seeing you this year. Hey, thank you guys for having me on and, and uh, don't be a stranger. I can always jump on whenever. Definitely, definitely. Thanks, well, Josh. thanks, Josh. Appreciate it, man. We'll talk to you soon. All right, listen. Uh thanks for Josh Eiler for for joining us today. A heck of an of an interview. Really, really uh impressed by again, not surprised uh, by how honest he was and forthcoming, but um and good for you to show up really nice hey, everybody everybody look forward to jeff's awful question where he asked the most important one coming up and it takes him a good minute and a half to get it out and what's the first lesson they taught you at fake journalism school ask one question jeff one question. don't ask two i know i hate the people two. that do that in the press oh, and box. what and what did you just do you just did yeah, it double barreled i didn't even know i was doing it that's the worst part it's because you were rambling you yeah. I'll, I'll i'll take you to interview school you know i'm so good at him so so good at him so good at him <laughs> all right thanks for joining us we'll see you next week uh we're gonna start doing them every single week now so hummel's gonna have to get back to work again which i'll is- just i'll do one from the golf course next it's gonna be tough going to be tough all right we'll see you next week thanks every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer put lifelock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss plus with a u.s based restoration specialist on your team you won't have to face drained accounts fraudulent loans or other losses from identity theft alone 
all backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.